Shall we begin? Why not? Welcome to Frankie Sense and More. It's like she's got a whole lot of goodness for you with a little bit of sass. Frankie, did you just say... She sure did. Not to mention, <laughs> along with... Whoops. Join us now as Frankie Picasso and her new co-host mix it up with authors, musicians, and interviews with world-changing people. Let's begin Okay, let's begin now, because it only makes sense. It totally does only make sense. Welcome to Frankie Sense and More, my crazy world. <laughs> How's everybody doing today? Wow, this is great. The end of the month, uh, that means that Brent Marchand is here. You know who he is. He is our movie correspondent. And I've got a really special, fun show, and, and I'm really excited. But I'm going to start off with this little monologue. So, what happens when a Canadian radio host, moi, gets together with a Nigerian actress, a bisexual Jew, a bipolar coach, an American baby boomer, a teenage Pakistani author, an Indian men's rights activist, a religious minister, an African-American attorney, a lesbian fiction novelist, a transsexual, a single mother of 21 orphans. And then what happens when they team up with a middle-aged world traveler, a divorced digital media queen, a social entrepreneur, a Muslim singer, a genderqueer academia, a nurse-turned-TV host, a cancer-ridden South African political activist, and the list goes on. What do you think really happens when 21 unstoppable women from different continents get together? Well, today you're going to meet at least one, but I was hoping for two of them. <laughs> well, you're going to meet me too, so that's kind of three. Here we go. <laughs> Avon Heath is with us. I know that. She's with us for sure. And uh, she is married to her best friend. She has been a nurse since 1988. Yvonne has worked in Canada and the U.S. in every department from the emergency room and obstetrics to chemotherapy palliative care and hospice. Today, she's an inspirational speaker and author of Love Your Life to Death, founder of the Just Show Up movement, who believes in talking about end of life way before it happens. And it looks like our other guest, Isamar Carrillo Maso, she's trying to get on the show. I will get to her in a moment. She has been a teacher and advocate for women's rights in Venezuela. She's been working on her PhD in England, focused on video games and women's studies. So interesting. Her work has been published in journals, conference proceedings, book chapters, and opened a conversation on the portrayal of women in media. Today, she and her husband run a research and development company for medical devices, and they are trying to change the life of people living with diabetes. Wow. Well, welcome, Yvonne. You're here with us. Welcome to you. Thank you so much. I'm thrilled to be here. Oh, wow. So, thanks, let's... Frankie. Oh, you're with us, Sam? Yes. Awesome. You're here too. Great. <laughs> they got you on. Perfect. Um, well, ladies, I, first of all, I want to thank you both for agreeing to be part of the I Bared My Chest movement book. <laughs> Foundation, Global Foundation, and the whole bit. It's, you know, it's just incredible. But I want to ask each of you separately. Um, first, I'll, I'll go with you, Yvonne, first. When you were asked to be a part of this, what made you say yes? 
Well, you know, Frankie, considering that a lot of what I teach, a lot of what I speak about is grief, death and dying. And then when, when you know, we had a conversation, you had interviewed me about my book and my mission. And then you started telling me about these incredible 20 women, 20 other women from around the world. And the fact that you were even considering me, I like I listened to the list and, and I read what everybody does and I'm like well I'm the boring one I'm can I'm nurse turned TV host so it was just a huge honor and to be able to share a different side of my story and my journey um I'm just absolutely delighted to be uh connected with these incredible women who take action and well uh, first of all I'm gonna stop you for a second because you're not the boring one you've got you know you're the one with a young (laughs) hubby You know, we're jealous. True. Yeah. <laughs> true enough. Yes. Yeah. And I did pull off having twins at 40. I guess that gives so. me a point yeah. or two. Holy crap, man. <laughs> I had them at 30. That was hard enough. <laughs> oh, yes. But no, these connecting with these women, uh, you know, it's also very motivating. These are global changers. They're not just people, you know, they're willing to take action, not to walk their talk and to be the change they want to see in the world. And every time I read something about any of them, it inspires me to do more. Wow. Nice. And yes. Sam, yes. I know that I was, I was actually working with you on your PhD when I was telling you about this new book I was going to get involved with that mm. I was, that we were planning and your response was, Oh my God, can I be part of it? Like that was, yes, a, you really wanted to do Absolutely. I mean, the idea was so incredibly exciting, and I I couldn't believe you you wanted to have me. So yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's an honor. So many well, why wouldn't we want to have you? I mean, you're well, originally from yeah. Venezuela, right? You're originally from Venezuela, and and you're living in England, and you're, you know, uh, your husband is Muslim, and. You know, like, I mean, there's just so many interesting things about you and the story. So maybe we'll, we'll tell the, the let me let me give the, the listeners the premise of the book. So we have a book. We have 21 authors, 21 unstoppable women who are getting naked, naked as in bearing their truth. They're, you know, down to their soul. And they're and they're talking to you in this book and they're telling you their life. And it's not a chicken for the soup soul book. It is a real wholesome, fulsome book that uh, really bears you know, witness to their life and they're talking to you as if you're, you know, their journal or, or their or their best friend. And as you read this book and you, and you wouldn't have to read it in order, but every woman has asked the same questions and not, not everyone answers them in the same way, but they're all asking, you know, we've asked them all this question and, and we've, you know, tell us, tell us what you feel about this and finance and career and love and sex and everything and and they've answered these questions as as honestly as they possibly can and it's wonderful i I don't think it was a book that you would read in order but you will find somebody one of those 21 women you will identify with them and and you know they'll resonate with you and you'll get their story and they're going to help you in a way that that you you don't even know Mm. yet it's gonna be fantastic so when you were writing you know and I know I pushed you guys. I know I pushed you on. Come more. Yes. You can do more. So, you know, we're, we all hesitate to show our, our, you know, blemishes, if you want to call it that. We all want to put our best foot forward in the world. And I understand that uh, for sure. How difficult was it for you? Really? 
Are you asking me, Frank? Yeah, I can ask you first. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the, the truth of the matter is it was just it was just so different um, talking about myself um, and, you know, sharing all, all of my story. And well, why would anyone want to know my story? And then as I, you know, started writing and as you know, I, I shared, oh, it sounds like a windstorm there. Yeah. If, if somebody yeah. can, if, if you're outside, just go on mute until we talk to you again, please. Thank you. There you That'd go. Be great. Yeah. Much better. Um, yeah. There you go. So, yeah, to to talk about things from the beginning of my life. And, you know, like I said, I had to without giving too much away, I had to um, talk about my mom um, being pregnant, you know, uh, uh, like this little virginist person and found herself alone and pregnant. And I was the product of that. And, you know, it was a it was a painful journey for her. It was painful to revisit. But I know I'm not the only one that's been through that. I'm, I know I'm not the only, and neither is my mother, right? So I was very yeah. delighted that she was also willing to share that because as the all of the other women in this book, they have shared things not to, it has nothing to do with, you know, them like, oh, by the way, this is my story. I know everyone has the same intention and that is, you know, maybe I can make a difference for somebody else who has been through this. Right. So... So it, it, it did feel really, um, it was cathartic to share it and also a journey with uh, my son, you know, going through uh, drug and alcohol addiction mm-hmm. and, and that was, uh, you know, a very difficult road. So I was happy that they were willing to share. I was happy to get it out. And if it can help one other person who has gone through the same thing or they can relate to that and it gives and, them and inspiration. And are going through it now, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and then, you know, it makes it all worth it. It makes it, uh, it makes it get just wonderful to put it out there. So, I mean, you know, you delighted. look at drug addiction hurts a lot of families and there's going to be other parents or, and women for sure who are going to read it. Men and women will read this book and for sure they're Absolutely. going, they're going, you know, to identify with that and see how you handle things. And, and that's just, you know, amazing. Sam, you know, I know it wasn't an easy, easy book for you to write either. You had to revisit some hard times. Yes, that was absolutely a difficult thing to write about, but it was cathartic. And it was, um, I I just wanted to tell people that it does get better. It Mm -hmm. gets better. And, you know, just to hang in there. And and to to continue to do you in the best way you can within your circumstances. That's what and I wanted to tell people. That's great. And you know, here's the thing. You know, you are dealing with with some major health issues now. You've got you know really really cro- bad chronic pain. Mm. It, it was a real you know chore for you to even come on the show. I know that. And I I know that I asked a lot of you to do it, but (laughs) it's so important. And here she is and she's laughing and she's telling, you know, look, it's your life. It's not going to be the same all the time. Things change. And and so things do get better. And and you see that through all the stories and the, and the common denominator that you both mentioned is that it was extremely cathartic for each and every author to write the story and everyone Mm. after they wrote it, seemed to blossom, seemed to uh, spark some kind of energy, creative energies, and really mm. propelled their businesses in new and different ways. They, you know, they're writing other books. They've started new businesses. They've done, you know, new things, um, thinking of, of new ways to do stuff, and which is really cool, you know. Um, Absolutely. Uh, we, yeah. we see it from all of yeah. you. Yeah. 
It's incredible. We're going to go to commercial break in a minute, but go ahead. I just wanted to say, I think it also helps you make sense of your life. It's like mm-hmm. put it together as a story when you have to tell somebody else about it or put yes. it in writing. And when you make sense of it, then there is a sense of, you know, there, there was a, a point to this whole thing. Um, yeah. the, there's learning, Absolutely. there is uh, experiencing things. So, yeah. There was value in all of the, the hard times and the good times. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. We're going to go to commercial break. You are listening to Frankie Sense and More, Yvonne Heath, and um, Sam Masso is with us today. I always call her Sam. Sorry, Isamar. Uh, we will be right back. Don't go anywhere. Heck no. We're just getting warmed up. Frankie Sense and More will be right back after we pay the bills. you ever wonder if you're the only woman who runs errands in her yoga pants so it will look like she went to the gym? Or how about the only mom who feeds her kids raw cookie dough? Or are you the only one who cooks her family cold cereal for dinner? Do you need more laughter and less loudness? More self-love and less self-loathing? More joy and less judgment? You're not alone. Come to the living room a place where we get comfy, candid, and confident together. Come seeking sanctuary and leave feeling renewed. We're saving a seat for you. Give yourself some living room today. It's Merging Denver Heard. If you had to choose between your sweetheart or your pet, which would you dump if one had to go? According to a recent study, most pet owners, 84% to be exact, said they would keep their spouse or a significant other and give away their pet. That leaves 14% who said they would choose their pet over their spouse. Surely my husband wouldn't sweet sway, haffle caffle, or have a bulia. That's indecision about keeping me or the dog. Hmm, he does greet our dog before he greets me when he comes home from work, though. Unmarried people are even more likely to choose their pet over their sweetheart, with 25% saying they'd rather keep their canine than their girlfriend or boyfriend. What's another word for a dog lover? Xenophilist. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my new app, Too Funny for Words. And we're back. I promised you we'd be back, and here we are. <laughs> I'm here with two of my co-authors from I Bared My Chest, Yvonne Heath and Isamar Masso. Um, Yvonne, we were going to talk about your new movement that you founded, Just Show Up. And, and you really have a way of, of, of you know, bringing it all together and, 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 you know, weaving what we're doing with the book, what you're doing with Live Your Life to Death, all of the things, mm-hmm. you know. Why don't you tell us about that? Thanks, Frankie. Well, you know, what I realized with I Buried My Chest is this is truly uh, what all of these women, these women are just champions, ambassadors of the I Just Showed Up movement without even, you know, I didn't even realize that, but, but I did put it all together because what I realized with Love Your Life to Death, the biggest problem when it comes to people who are grieving, having a hard time, and that's job loss, addiction, mental health issues, you know, whatever it may be. 
The biggest thing is we don't know what to do and we don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. Isn't that just across the board, mm-hmm. right? Like people, yep. oh, you know, oh, they're having a hard, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. So we often avoid. And I say to people, mm-hmm. you know what? That is the last thing we need. That does not help people heal. Three words, right. just show up. Those are the three words. Um, so I, I got really excited about those three words. And then it morphed into the I just showed up campaign. Uh, and we have these bracelets to remind people because nice. if you want to be able to just show up for other people, which all of these women and I bared my chest are champions. However, the first piece is you have to just show up for yourself first. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's the piece that. Uh huh. And I feel like I'm like the mother hen, the nurse that has to maybe, you know, give little nudges because, oh my goodness, all of these authors, they just give, give, give. And sometimes they forget the self care piece because they're just so passionate about the change, about being an advocate. And so I feel like I'm so happy to be here to say, you know what? Yes, you're, you're so amazing at showing up, but you need to show up for yourself first. Are you, you showing up for show yourself? Up. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, I good. Am. And I, I do forget also sometimes, right? I do. And yeah. I go, but I have my brace. I go, oh, yeah, I have to walk my talk and just show up. Well, so, what, what part of that, though, too, is that givers, givers, you know, find it hard to get. They really do. They find it hard to receive. Yes. It's much more comfortable position to keep giving mm. than to be receiving. Yeah. And you're not being a very good example, right? And, right. and you're not giving the best version of yourself. That's and true. this is a concept, children, people of all ages. So the, the whole thing is we want to teach people of all ages how to just show up for themselves um, so they are empowered and resilient when grief arrives and they can show up for others as well. So that's the whole message. Nice. Easy. I love it. Yeah. And and Sam, like you're really, you know, a good proponent of that message because, you know, this the, the past couple of years have been very challenging for you, you know, physically. And, you know, you are going everywhere and doing whatever you can to give yourself the best self-care that you possibly can get. Yes, absolutely. I mean, that's something you you have to do for yourself. Um, Nobody else can do it for you. Yeah. I mean, you, this is so interesting. Do you want to talk about the, um, with the hyperbaric chamber and how how you got into that? That's so cool. So um, a few uh, a, a few months into my my illness after diagnosis, I, I found out that um, there was this hyperbaric oxygen t- cha- um, chamber in uh, in Bristol, mm-hmm. which is just 12 minutes down the road from where I live. So um, that was a, a, a lucky coincidence. And um, I just started going there and you do 20 sessions for saturation until you find the, the right pressure for you. Mm-hmm. And um, I think we just lost you there for a moment. You still here, Sam? Do we still oh, have? Oh no, she's not there. Did she drop off? Oh no. Yeah. Oh, she's still there. Okay. Okay. We're we're not hearing you, Sam. So just keep trying, and we'll come back to you as soon as I hear you. We'll we'll come back over to you. So she she's. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, she she's in a car driving. Actually, she's you know a correspondent today, <laughs> on her way to, to oh, figure no. out better things. <laughs> yeah, but so, that's okay. That's okay. You know, it, it's challenging to. I also suffer with chronic health pain, and and you know, um, 
it's challenging to keep doing all the things that we want to do when when you have these challenges. I mean, you know, challenging and challenges, but it's true. It's difficult, but you have to just keep smiling and, and be unstoppable and keep going and offer yourself the best self-care that you can get, right? As a nurse, you know that, Yvonne. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, the big thing and the hard thing about all of that uh, Frankie, and I'm sure you've been through it, is you have to allow yourself to grieve your old, healthy body, right? Yeah. Because mm. it, and, and I know you've been through that. You have to allow yourself that sadness. Like, this really sucks. I used to be able to do this, this, and yeah. this, and now I can't. Yeah. But then you have to say, okay, I've grieved. You allow, you honor that grief, and then, okay, but this, I can't do this, but what can I do? Right. Yeah. And that's, I think that, again, all these women are great. What can I do? You know, I can't do this. My health. Well, I can write a whatever. great chapter in a book. Sam's back. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I am. Good. Okay. So, so we, you dropped off for, from us, but you were telling us that you, you go to 20 some odd sessions in the hyperbaric chamber. What does it do for you? Or for anybody, well, it it reduces the pain somewhat nice. to a more level. Okay, is Higher that what is that oxygen that's doing that? Yes, the oh, wow. the oxygen and the pressure uh -huh. together do this, and it's it's amazing because a lot of the brain fog that you get with uh, fibromyalgia and ME and diabetes, um, a lot of that's gone. So I was able to get back to work on my PhD and also um, nice. go back and. And work um, at, uh, you know, just have a normal job at the office. Sure. <laughs> normal job at the office. Creating, you know, a product that's going to help people with diabetes. Um, I do want to ask you, because you just went to Venezuela. You just went to visit your home and your mom. Who? How was she doing? And more, I mean, that is, you know, important. Mm -hmm. um, but it's a country going through some really tough times. Oh, it's, it's horrific, Frankie. I had never seen anything like it in my life. You have lines as, you know, a mile long. Oh, my goodness. For a loaf of bread that wow. you may not get. People start to, to um, get in line at 2, 3 in the morning. So that maybe oh by 5 p.m. the next day, they can get shoes for their kids to go to school. There's no, n nothing in the hospitals. I mean, they don't even have aspirin. Oh my gosh. So well, you I, know what? I, I, this is horrific. And this is one of the, the reasons, you know, I was really adamant that when we did the, the I Bared My Chest book, that we put a global foundation together because <laughs> Alex and I really wanted to be able to give a million dollars away of, of our profits, give a million dollars away to different organizations around the world for freedom, freedom to be able to feed your children, give them clothes, send them to school, you know, have a voice. Absolutely. Like this country shouldn't be like this. You had you had an, a country that operated, and and people had you know homes and they had food when you were growing yeah. up. It wasn't like that. No, it was you know we had problems like any country, but sure. it, it wasn't like this. But you know it's it's a, a repressive state. There's a, a horrible dictatorship, and and you see. Um, you know, you're just driving down the street and you see all these children, they're 15, 16 years old, who are going to go and confront the government and the army. Wow. And you just know, get just shot for it. Or whatever. It's, it's the, 72 of them have been killed in the last wow. three months. Oh, my just gosh. Children. 
I don't understand. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're a dictator of a country, uh, don't you want to be a dictator of a country that's wealthy, that, that has happy citizens? Why do you want to kill them all off and just have yeah. nothing? You, know? you, you would think. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Not. Yeah, I guess. Book didn't have all the, all the instructions for that part, too. Yeah. Wow. Was there a part of your story in the book, Sam? You don't have to, I don't want you to give it all away, but was there a part in it that you were most proud of being able to tell or that you really hope people will benefit from? Oh, there, there, there's so much there that I, I would it's hope I can connect with. But, you know, things like, um, you know, the fact that I'm, I'm part Jewish and I'm married um, to, a, to a Muslim man who mm-hmm. comes from a Muslim family. And and we make it work, and and everybody is okay with it, right? And, uh, and you know, it's interesting that people they just don't understand how how global we are and how connected we are, because mm-hmm. like you know, Venezuelan part Jew, now living in England, married to a Muslim. I mean, oh my gosh, like they're everywhere. They're <laughs> <You know? laughs> everywhere. Love it. Yeah. Yeah, and and they right. make it work. And if individuals, you know, can make anything work. I don't understand why countries can't, you know? Definitely. It's... I think, you know, politics sometimes gets in the way. And, um, yeah, we, that, that's why we need to get our voices out there, our individual yes. voices. And especially as women. Yeah. You know, I think we need to, to really, um, in a way, uh, be role models for, for the girls that come after because, you know, there was nothing like this when I was growing up. But you, and... the basis of your thesis, and stuff, I know it's in gaming, but you've done a lot of work around women, women's yes. studies. And, and so what, what do women have to do? I mean, what do women have to do to really, you know, show up, in your opinion? To show up, to show up especially in, in, in the STEM uh, fields. You mm-hmm. have to be very resilient. Mm-hmm. Um, when you go to school, you know, don't let the fact that you might be the only girl put you off, um, you know, from studying maths or, or whatever you're passionate about. And don't let people intimidate you or tell you that it's not ladylike. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, that is absolute ridiculous um, BS. It's not necessary to, to put us in those tiny little boxes right we, we are mm. a lot more than that we are vast you know we mm-hmm. have the capacity to do anything we want to do so I love that. Um, yeah so just just uh, show up for yourself and when you need help ask for it if you need somebody mm-hmm. to you know to 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 get um together with you and and you know body up or whatever if you don't feel safe just ask for help don't don't mm-hmm. um shut up and and end up giving up on things. Right. I love that. It's be unstoppable. Yeah. That, that, yes. That's like that's be those are great points on how to be unstoppable as a woman. I love that. Thank you so much right. for that. Hey, eh? Yvonne. Yeah. We're gonna show up. Well, you know. And we're gonna go to commercial break. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Woohoo. Yeah, we show up and then we have to go to break, but that's okay because we are going to come back and and we want all of you to come back with us and with Yvonne Heath, Love Your Life to Death. Go visit her website, Love Your Life to Death. And we're sitting here with Mm -hmm. Isamar Masso and and she's just so lovely and sitting in England, a cup of tea, hopefully. Uh, We will be back. I'm your host, Frankie Picasso. It's Frankie Sensenmore and 
shortly. Heck no. We're just getting warmed up. Frankie Sense and more will be right back after we pay the bills. It's marching down the Got a lead foot? According to state troopers, here's what not to do when you get pulled over. Don't be a lachrymis and start crying right away. It doesn't help. But if you're under 20, crying won't be held against you. Don't ask for a break. Don't yell or start any argy-bargy. And one trooper said, if they're going to flirt with me to get out of a ticket, it would probably insult my intelligence. But unfortunately, I don't get hit on all that often. So flirting or being a gill flirt won't work. Did you know that 15% of all drivers get 76% of all traffic tickets? And the odds of winning if you challenge a traffic ticket in court are 1 in 3. So what should you do when you get pulled over for speeding? Courteous to the officer, and most of all, be honest. It's marching I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert Annette Hammond. Did you wake up on the wrong side of the bed? Does your attitude need a lift? Does your mood need a boost? Well, then, it's time for a good workout. Exercise is the remedy for a bad mood like aspirin is for a headache. Weight Watchers reports that exercise decreases the body's levels of cortisol, which is the stress hormone, and contributes to depression. The endorphins that you produce when you exercise can lift your spirits and put you in a good mood. Exercise can act as an antidepressant drug because it produces feel-good neurotransmitters like dopamine and serotonin. Let the benefits of exercise give you a lift and put you in a good mood. I think it's safe to say we all would appreciate it. I'm Annette Hammond. To hear more fitness and weight loss tips, visit our website at AnnetteHammond.com. Hey, it's Frankie Sensenmore. I'm your host, Frankie Picasso, the show where anything... Who knows what's going to happen on this show? Uh, before we went to a commercial break, though, Sam gave us some wonderful points about being women and being unstoppable. And, you know, off, off camera, as they say, uh, <laughs> Yvonne had, had a burning, burning wish to say something. I'm going to let her loose on you guys. <laughs> Go for it. Oh, thank you, Frankie. It just, it just is bottled up, and I just have to say it. And, you know, so much of when I hear what's going on in Venezuela and everything, we there's so much of our culture or around the world that we – that has become normalized, right? We normalize, yeah. we hear about these things and, and it's normalized. And and really we need to be that voice to say, you know what, we have normalized a lot of the wrong stuff. Um, and, and it doesn't have to be this way. But one of the things, as I was saying is, People, especially women, feel like if they ask for help or, you know what, I'm struggling here, whether it's grief or whatever it is, they feel like, you know, I'm trying to show people that I'm unstoppable and and I'm strong, so I can't ask for help. And really, I don't, that's just such a, we need to reframe that because asking for help or saying, you know, I'm struggling here, that's just Mm -hmm. being human. And we need to... To me, it's you're even stronger as a man or a woman if you're saying, you know what, kind of having a hard time here, could use a helping hand. Every most people are willing to help, and everyone's kind of relieved, thinking, geez, she needs help because 
then it gives them permission to need help sometimes too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And you know, when yeah. you just started that, it made me think about you know knowing knowing Sam. You know, brings us closer to to what's going on in Venezuela. And there's things going on in every country around the world. There's like seven or ten countries always on the verge of genocide, and it's it's uh. horrific to know that. And Ooh. it's it's a lot of pressure to try to keep up with it and and think, oh my God, what, oh my God, the whole world. But you know, you don't have to. You don't have to be worried about the whole world, but there is, you know, a place in the world that you can all think about and dedicate some time and attention to, whether mm. it, you know, become an activist, like really, or an advocate for, for somebody or yeah. something in the world. And every time, you know, we help one thing, um, you know, it, it's a snowball. There's a snowball effect. And, and we'll just mm. all, you know, keep at it and keep at it until, you know, things look better for everybody. We can make a difference. That's all there is to it. Everybody can make a difference. A positive exactly. or a negative, so choose positive. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, with, with the situation, let's say in Venezuela right now, uh, Sam, how can we help? Is there is there a a real way that we can help? Can we send supplies like, to somebody that you I will you know that will actually deliver, or is there is there well, some, an action we can take? I'm trying to coordinate something. Um, I think the safest way to get uh, medication and uh, supplies to people is to actually have somebody go there, mm -hmm. um, because there's there's a lot of corruption um, in, sure. uh, in customs. So if if something is not um, accompanied by somebody, then um, yeah. there there's a real risk uh, that it will not reach the people that it's so it's sad. supposed to reach. So um, I'm, oh, I'm working on putting a plan together for the next couple of months. Uh, I will be raising funds and, uh, and then sending somebody or going myself and um, taking things like, you know, toiletries, uh, medication, insulin, especially yeah. um, to hospitals in Venezuela. And, you know, watch this space. I'll, I'll, I'll try and make public, um, you know, some sort of uh, you have a site a way for to this? help if I, I'm I'm in the process of creating one. So okay. I will so let us know. Let 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 you know all of us, all the authors know, especially, and you know we'll try to keep it in the forefront and keep it out there so that we can help the help the people. Medication, I mean, is the biggest. And and can you imagine being diabetic and not being able to get your your insulin? Like, oh my it's, gosh, the hospitals have nothing, nothing. So many people have died. I mean, the government literally told people with MS, with cancer, with diabetes, you're on your own. We're wow. not importing anything else. Wow. That's, mm. oh my gosh. I can't even imagine. And I, I know, yeah, it is. It is criminal. And, but people don't know this, you know. You, you, I guess we have mm. to be become compassionate, um, what, what's the word, fatigued with it all. Mm. Uh, because it's, it's yes. just, you turn on the news at night and it's, there's nothing good ever. But we have to get, you know, we have to put the positive spin on it. We have to put the good back in it. And so we can, we can be ambassadors for good. Yeah. And we're going to help yes. Sam yeah. take medications and toiletries and toothpaste and whatever else people need to feel like human beings. Again, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of Thank needs, you. right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. We can yeah. do this. We can do it and we will do it. Yes. Woman, hear me oh, roar. You. There you go. Yvonne. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you so much for, for giving me this airtime to, to talk about Venezuela. It's not, it's not something that gets uh, discussed very often yet. Well, I think that know, it's, that's, you know, like I said, it's the reason for our book. Uh, people need freedom. They need freedom for this kind of things. And it, and it, it hurts me when they don't have it. And, mm. and so if, 
the 21 of us and everybody else who is listening, you know, when this book comes out, you can even pre-order the book right now at www.ibearedmychest.com. You can buy the book right now. And and it's going to come out in September, but you can buy it right now, pre-order. Um, you know, these funds are going to go and do some really good things in the world. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Even if, you know, Absolutely. it's a big book. Uh, it's a big book. <laughs> You're going to get your money's worth. <laughs> I promise you that. Oh, yeah. Great. Yvonne, boy, like, yes. really, you made a promise to yourself in January, right after you finished your chapters, and you said, this is it. I'm going to make a million dollars. Oh, yes. Did mm. I say that? Yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> excuse me it's on its way i know it is yeah yes well and and that that million dollars it's funny because it's not for furs and diamonds it's so that i can share my message globally and uh you know be able to make our van payment at the same time which is hilarious but it it's funny because i this whole movement like love your life to death and i just showed up it's like my fourth child and my fifth child child, if you will. And I'm so, you know, I'm just so cautious and and I wanted my message to be so streamlined and I want to be that professional. And I kept thinking, okay, no, let's just wait. I'm not ready to reach out to, you know, the masses. I, I have to just, you know, trim off the edges, trim the fat and, and I'm there. I've arrived and I am still my imperfect weird authentic self and what you get is moi and, yeah. and all my weirdness and and, but and that's you know what, we what? Love. well and that's now good enough and I've, I've reached that point like, like I said I you know I wanted to be a professional speaker I wanted to be have a professional um presence and uh and I'm there and that doesn't mean that I'm not goofy and weird I mean ask my kids mom you're kind of weird I say yeah Yeah. I know that's fine everybody's kind of weird and and that's okay and uh and I'm ready I'm ready to take my message across Canada and globally I want I want a million bracelets that's what uh, I'm getting I just showed up bracelets I want a million bracelets across Canada in the next year so so that will get there yeah and uh, it's like have book have bracelets we'll travel (laughs) yeah and and you know with I bared my chest coming out in September that's just a whole other wonderful exciting part of this journey that is just it's fun it's exciting and like I said I am in awe of every woman who is a part of this and uh, and it keeps you keeps you globally aware, you know, Sam, you talking about Venezuela, you can't unlearn that you can't now we can't say we don't know. And I want to be, you know, I want to light my candle, we can't change everything, but, but we can change something we can do something. And uh, I believe it's every each and every one of us is each and every one of our responsibility. We are, you know, one yep. people across the globe. So um, I, I love every part of this. I we are really all do. connected. Yeah, I love it too. Yeah, and yeah. the more I talk about it and the more I think about it, the more excited I, I am about it because it's such a yeah. cool venture. And it's just, it just, you know, it wasn't planned. It wasn't planned for the diversity. It wasn't. And it just became just yeah. so unique and, and diverse and amazing. That's what's so cool about it is yeah. in, in, its, mm-hmm. in its, you know, unplannedness I guess you could say um, <laughs> there the universe turned it into something really special 
So the how it cool really is, that? is. Yeah. Yeah. Really I'm excited. Is. I'm very Absolutely. excited. And I'm very excited, Sam, that you were, you know, feeling well enough to come on the show today because I don't get to talk to you half as much as I used to. And <laughs> it's so nice to hear your I know, voice. I miss you. <laughs> I miss you too. I do. It was it was great. And I really want to make sure that you become Dr. Masso as soon as you can. She's so oh, close to her you. PhD to finish. Like her PhD is uh, finished. It's just massaging now, right? They're just going to well, have to it. read it and your your thesis. You're and amazing. Just, yeah, she's going to be doctor soon. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. Oh, and wow. uh, we've we got our Brent coming on. Is he here with us yet? He should be on coming on right now, I think. And we're going to go to the movies. You ladies can stay. It'd be great if if not, you know, feel free. If you're, if you're tired, you can go. But I'm just so grateful to have both of you in my life, in my book, and on my show. <laughs> I am really grateful having met you. And, uh, you know, all the women that are part of this project are absolute inspirations. And um, it, it, it is a privilege. They're stellar. They're all stellar. Every Ooh. single one of them. It- yeah, can I add something, Frankie? Because I know as you say that, you, you re- never toot your own horn because you are extraordinary. Your story is amazing, and you are absolutely unstoppable. And thank I am in you. awe of you, so there. Oh, well, thank you so much. <laughs> very <laughs> kind of you. That's true. Very kind. Oh, thanks. That's just real. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's nice. That's I, I appreciate that. Um you know, putting putting uh, something together like this, the magnitude of it, I, you know, I was off my rocker thinking I, we could do it in three months. <laughs> yeah. I really had thought we could do yeah. it. We can pull this off in three months. No problem. I've done books before. Yeah. No problem. But, you know, yeah. Alex and I, yeah. Alex, of course, my, my writing partner and, 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 you know, founding partner for this, um, we really talked about this yesterday about how all this waiting time really added value. And it did. So I'm really glad that we were able to do that. Brent Marchand, you are here. Yes, I am. (laughs) Wow, it's so good to hear you. Good to Um, hear you too. Thank you. Brent is our movie correspondent and for the Good Radio Network and now other networks. So congratulations on that. Oh, thank you. You are here to talk about a few movies. Dunkirk, The Journey, A Ghost Story, and maybe Under the Sun. (laughs) Where do you want to start? Well, let's start with Dunkirk. That's the movie that everybody's talking about right now. They it's, are. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, it's director Christopher Nolan's World War II epic about the evacuation of uh, the soldiers from Dunkirk Beach when they were surrounded. And this is a film that lives up to every single bit of its pre-release hype. It's really terrific in just about every regard. Um, it's um, it's the kind of movie that you know I wouldn't necessarily think would come to mind for listeners of this segment, you know, that it's uh, a war picture. How does that have to do with movies with meaning? But the thing that I like so much about this film is that it has a tremendous capacity for being able to show viewers mankind at its worst and at its best. Brent, I gotta, we're going to commercial. We're getting, Frankie we're going Sense to- and more. <laughs> we'll be right back after we pay the bills. It's merging. U.S. state would you guess has the fastest talkers? Recent research by analytics company MarchX revealed that the nation's fastest talkers come from Oregon, Minnesota, Massachusetts, Kansas, and Iowa. What about New York, you ask? 
New York ranked near the bottom at 38. But New Yorkers do use more words. A New Yorker will use 62% more words than someone from Iowa who have the same basic conversation. What's another word for fast-talking? Tachylaya. America's slow-spoken or tardiloquent talkers were from North Carolina, Alabama, South Carolina, Louisiana, and Mississippi. What's a word for someone who likes to say the same thing over and over? A batologist. It's marching I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. To be successful at anything, you need to be committed. Being committed to losing weight and exercising daily works the same way. According to a survey conducted by USA Today, the majority of Americans do not exercise on a regular basis. They found that only 5% of respondents reported vigorous physical activities, including using cardiovascular exercise equipment and running. It has also been reported that 50% of all people who begin a training program drop out within a year. Dedication and commitment is what is needed. The key to reaching and maintaining physical fitness is to find activities that are exciting, challenging, and satisfying. Become committed and dedicated to exercising daily and see your life and health change in a favorable direction. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond keeping you healthy, happy, and fit. And we are back. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm, I am, like, everywhere. Uh, we are listening. You are listening to Frankie Sensenmore. I'm listening to myself, apparently. Uh, Brent Marshall was in the middle of telling us about Dunkirk, the movie, and let's get back to it. Sure. Um, <clears throat> as I said, one of the things I really liked about this film unlike a lot of other war pictures, is that it successfully shows viewers uh, examples of mankind at its worst and mankind at its best. And that's a tricky feat to be able to pull off in the same picture. Um, yeah, no kidding. You know, because I mean, obviously, you know, these characters are going through the horrors of war, but at the same time, you get to see how they were rescued, which was organized through a, a citizen flotilla of boats, uh, owners of yachts and fishing vessels and anything they could find who crossed the English Channel to France to get them out and save their lives. And it's just so inspiring to see that, you know, no matter how bad things can get, there's always hope that things can get better. And that's one of the real strong points about Dunkirk that I think helps to separate this from a lot of other war pictures. Well, you've got 4,000 guys on a beach sitting ducks. 400,000 guys. 400,000 guys sitting on a beach, you know, sitting ducks, you know, just – Germans come, pop, 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 and even even the promos made me cry, you know. Yeah. And here, here, every fisherman, every you know guy with a boat went out from from England, you know, and and said, okay, we're gonna go pick these guys up. They they gotta come home. We gotta bring them yeah. home. Like how extraordinary, how extraordinary, is, and it's true. A true story yeah, is that. It's a true story, uh, and it's told from three perspectives. It's it's told by uh, from the perspective of the soldiers on the beach who are waiting to get out. It's told from the um, the um, real Air Force pilots who were um, engaged in dogfights to try and keep the Germans from bombing the beach and the ships that were getting away. And it's also told from the perspective of the uh, the ship owners from England wow. who were crossing the water to get the boys and get them home. And it's just oh, it's really funny. well done, really really well done. Ooh. What's the um, journey about? Oh, the journey. I know what the journey. 
Well, yeah. The Journey is a movie that it, it's probably just about ending its theatrical run right now, so view, uh, listeners may have to wait until it comes to DVD, but I'm guessing that probably won't be too terribly long from now. But it's a story about the, um, uh, the, the peace process that was brought to Northern Ireland back in 2006. Um, the two leaders who were negotiating it, Ian Paisley and um, Martin McGuinness, were sworn enemies and never met each other before, and now they're trying to sit down and hammer out an agreement to bring this thing to an end. And as a result, part of their talks were, were interrupted when um, Paisley wanted to go back to Northern Ireland to celebrate his uh, wedding anniversary. Mm-hmm. And uh, his counterpart said, well, <laughs> I'll, I'll let you go only if you let me go with you, because if you do, the chances of either either one of us being assassinated are significantly reduced. Right. So... So they uh, they end up going on this car trip to the airport that lasts about an hour, and this is where the movie turns into piece a piece of what I would call speculative history because it tries to imagine what these mm-hmm. two people who've never met before would have talked about during that journey. Now a lot of critics have been critical of it, saying, "Well, you know, it's a complete piece of fiction. You know, how accurate is it?" But I like the speculative aspect of it and the fact that it it raises a number of the issues that people probably didn't get much of a chance to find out about when this was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also a really interesting exercise in showing how people can build consensus. When the backs right. are against the wall, you know, what can we really do to make this work? And um, in that regard, it's, it's almost like a, 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 a civics lesson of kind, of some sort, I guess you could say. You know, how can, how can people learn to be civil toward one another? Right. So um, it's a... a Wonderful little film, terrifically well, active. Disney but... told us. Disney told us that you know, Thumper said, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything. Else. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's interesting to see how the the relationship between these two, who had never met before, evolves over the course of the film, where they were went from being essentially sworn enemies to like almost the best of friends. Wow. And um, the two lead performances by Timothy Spall and Colm Meany are just terrific. So, Oh, I love Colm Meany. Yeah, yeah he's, they're both really, really good. So when this one comes to DVD, go rent it. I think you'll really enjoy it. Yeah, totally. Sounds great. I'm, have... I'm looking, really looking forward to the ghost story. Well, the ghost story, it, this is one I have to kind of give a conditional review to because um, basically – if you're well-versed in the material that's presented in the, in the movie, you'll probably like it. Uh-huh. If you're not very well-versed in the material, you'll probably come out with a very puzzled look on your face. Okay. Um, basically, it's the story of a young composer who dies unexpectedly in a car accident, and he finds himself dead and confused and not sure what to do. So the only thing he can think to do is go back to the house where he lived in with his girlfriend and says, you know, you know he's kind of witnessed what's going on and see if he can figure out what the next step is. Well, during his time there, he ends up basically experiencing a number of very interesting um, metaphysical spiritual concepts like the role of reincarnation, the role of uh, simultaneous time, uh, references to Nietzsche's theory of eternal recurrence, um, ah. you know, Did he so not that, know why he didn't transition over? Or? Yeah, well, that's that's kind of part of why he's there, yes. Um, but as all of these different kinds of ideas are displayed cinematically, because that's one of the things that's, that's interesting, is that the director just doesn't spoon-feed these things to you and tell you them. He, he depicts them through action mm. and cinematography. That's interesting. Um, 
if you're and, if you're well versed in these things, you'll probably say, "Wow, this is brilliant." Right. But if but if you're not well versed, then you'll probably go, "Huh." <laughs> <laughs> so when people look at the look at the promo, or they look at um, you know even the imaging of you know the media graphic for the film, do do you get a, a sense of I'm going to like this or not, or you think well, it's something different? I mean, you get the sense that he's he's going on some kind of very mystical journey. Okay. Um, which is interesting, and, and if you leave yourself open to that, um, mm-hmm. you know you might find some of that interesting. But again, if you're not familiar with what the aspects of his journey that are being depicted, you might again come away somewhat confused by it. So, so who stars in that? Uh, it's uh, Casey Affleck and Rooney Mara. Oh, I love both of those. So, mm. yeah, um, I mean, when she when she did. Um, uh, which, which was that? I, I want to say it wasn't Girl. In, which one did she do? The that um, Irish film. Was it, wasn't it an Irish film? She, it was a really strange film too. Oh, the dra- girl with the dragon tattoo. Oh, the girl with the dragon tattoo. Yeah. Yeah, um, she's great. I mean, she's she's really versatile. Like she can do a whole bunch of stuff. So she was the wife. She yeah. Mm-hmm. Or the girlfriend of the guy that died. Casey yeah. Affleck died. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Very cool. So hmm. it's um. It's a, uh, it's beautifully photographed. It's got a really interesting soundtrack. Um, it's got a Does very. Does she sense other... him at all in the movie? I'm sorry. Does she sense him? Um, not really. No. Okay. Um, although she does sense that she needs to move on from the house where she's living because there are too many quote unquote ghosts. Okay. <laughs> around so, um, but okay. the um. It's um, <clears throat> kind of a visually interesting picture to look at, and I like the the music with it and so forth. So, you know, it's again, I'm kind of Not saying this is a, a mixed review for this one. Yeah. Okay. Under the sun. Under the sun. This was a um, a documentary that was. Uh, not very well known, but has really as much of an interesting backstory behind it as the movie itself. It was a film that was um, essentially commissioned by the North Korean government. Uh, they wanted to oh. um, create like a propaganda film, very much sure. in the in the style of the things that were produced during the Nazi era and the Stalinist era. And they wanted it to follow the uh, the path of a young schoolgirl as she becomes indoctrinated into the Korean Children's Union, which is a an organization that's designed to help, you know, make the make the state look great for the kids. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so they hired a director to come in and film it, and he agreed to the terms that were very stringent, saying, you know, the, the dailies that were shot each day had to be reviewed by officials and so on and so forth. What they didn't count on is that he was going to keep filming between official takes that they didn't know about. Oh. So is this a real up, true story? Yes. So he, oh, wow. That's so you really end, <laughs> You end up seeing what the government was hoping would be portrayed alongside of what actually happened. Did it get and, out? Wow. Yes, he did get out. Oh. Yeah, and when the movie was released, the North Koreans were absolutely incensed that oh, he had I done bet. this. Uh, they demanded that it be pulled from circulation, and they tried to lure him back to North Korea, saying, well, let's negotiate a settlement about this. Of course, he declined that invitation. Sure. Um, <laughs> so um, yeah. it's interesting to see, you know, what the what this this girl goes through in terms of, um, trying to, you know, be part of a model citizen program 
but also seeing just the emotional toll that it takes on her in terms of just trying to be herself. Yeah. Wow. That's exciting. Very well, powerful we've, we've only got a couple of minutes left in, in, in the show, but I do want to say that you can go to the good radio network, um, dot com and you can read under movies with meaning Brent's. He does reviews every week on films and you can read all about them. He does a fantastic job of reviewing and you're just going to go and see some fantastic movies. If you, if you read up on them first, because he does, you know, just such a great job at it. Um, Sam, I hope that you feel better every single day. And I am Thank so you. excited for you to come up with your plan to help Venezuela. And we will support you as much as we can. And, of course, um, my dear friend Yvonne, yeah, we're just going to show up. We're all going to show up for you. Just and show for up. Just show yes. up. Yeah. For, for, up. Yeah. We'll, we'll show up for you and Yvonne and for I Bared My Chest because it's such a great book and such a great foundation and um i just so amazed by all of you guys i want to thank you all for for being in my life and for coming on this show because you know you're my guys and i love you thank you for bringing us together <laughs> love you guys, frankie. Yeah. And don't forget to show up for yourself first frankie and sam oh yeah <laughs> we will uh-huh. yes it's a great <laughs> thank you <Amy>. brent um what's what's the big one coming up next do you think uh, the next big one coming up is Detroit, which is oh, a film yeah, about the, be a good one. Yeah, it was directed by Catherine Bigelow, who did uh, The Hurt Locker. Um, yeah. And it's a, a depiction of the riots in Detroit back in the 60s. That's going to be awesome. I can't wait to yeah. see that. Yeah. So i got lots of, lots of good movie watching to do. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> Thanks again for coming on. I appreciate it. Everybody, thank you for tuning in to Frankie Sense this week and every week that you do. And Karina, thanks for doing such a great job producing the show. I look forward to seeing you all again next week. Wherever thanks, you are in the world. Frankie. Thank you, girls. Thank you. <laughs> and go to the I Bared My Chest website. Bye. Bye. Go to com and have a look at the who the authors are. You'll be meeting them all each and every week on this show starting now until September. Take care. Thanks, Karina. Bye, everybody. Take care. Take care. Bye.